0: Welcome to Behavior Babes Podcast, presented by me, Dr. Amanda Kelly. Aloha, and thank you for joining me. I have Carter Keegan returning as a guest. Hi, Carter, are you there? Hi, Amanda. Nice to be back. (laughs) (laughs) It's so nice to have you back, and you have a whole lot of updates, but just, just in case, um, someone hasn't listened to your first episode, um, <clears throat> like yourself. Uh, could you do a quick introduction for our listeners?
1: Okay, I, I'm Carter Keegan. I'm 26 years old. I a recent now I'm a recent college graduate from Canisius College in Buffalo, New York, with a major in environmental studies and two minors in one being animal behavior, ecology, and conservation, and the other one, anthrozoology which is the study of humans and animals. And um, I also um, like to call myself a spiritual autistic photographer, globetrotter, naturalist, and future lunatic farmer. Whoa. <laughs> so, yep. So, yeah, it a pretty long, lengthy title. So.
0: That's incredible. That is a long, lengthy title, but I love it. Oh,
1: yeah. Yep.
0: Well, welcome, and thanks for joining us, Carter. It's always oh, nice yeah. to have it's,
1: you. Yeah. Yep. Well, <laughs> yeah, thanks for the invite.
0: So it's um, a very unusual time for many reasons uh, for you to be graduating, and um, I know that you didn't necessarily get a ceremony, and – for me, as your friend, it, it, it like, made my heart hurt so much. I'm like, you've worked so hard, as all college graduates have, to get there. And then COVID happened. Do you mind yeah. sharing with us a little bit about your experience at Canisius College and then yeah. how this this graduation and quarantine time went for you?
1: <laughs> okay, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I came home and for spring break knowing that I had a chance of not – going back to Buffalo, New York, where Canisius is. And um, I came with a – I mean, I only brought my backpack with my computer and my notebook and my textbooks, and I just was looking. I knew that I would probably not go back. And and then I got the news from the college that we're not – Um, we're going to be having our um, semester online. And I was like, it was something I was prepared for, but at the same time with people, I mean, I still somewhat struggle with change. And it was hard to be um, motivated to be be in classes when you were actually just being at home and busy five days a week or seven days a week doing schoolwork and not going to the – classes and then to see my friends and favorite faculty and I also had a um, research project that I was working on that's still waiting to be completed and just being on the campus and doing going to club meetings and doing things with friends and making the most of the senior year and yeah the first week home was extremely hard just because I was uh, in the grieving process and it was just so hard to just adapt, but, I mean, I've had to overcome many changes in my life, and COVID is one of them. And, I mean, the one thing that I still miss now with COVID going on is giving hugs to people that I love. And it's weird not giving hugs to my friends and things because, I mean, for someone who like me, I mean, who started out with extreme sensory sensitivities that didn't even want physical contact or touch from humans now i crave it pretty much (laughs) i'm a love sponge as i call myself (laughs) and so i soak in love and give out love and but the problem and then and then also i was also away from my girlfriend in buffalo which i mean i was probably more worried about her than she was worried about me but finally she's coming home on sunday the 21st to colorado so we'll be starting our lives together in colorado so yeah, it was a whole whirlwind of emotions, and just like trying to make sure that all the people that I love and care about don't get sick or even pass away from the virus. So it's been interesting to say the least. So.
0: Well, let me make sure that I say congratulations to you, and I um, want to make that public. And I know everybody listening. As I mentioned to you before, your your first episode had. Um, drew quite a lot of attention and interest from people in the community. And I really appreciate, Carter, how you shared that for you, you have some sensory or sensory defensiveness or, or challenges there, sensitivities. And now as an adult, like the part that you miss is the hug. And I, I yeah. emphasize that. It doesn't surprise me knowing you, but I emphasize mm-hmm. that because of the misconceptions a lot with autism, right? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah difficult or because it's it's there's something about it that's a little overwhelming, um, people often have the impression, I think, that, oh, there's they might think it's strange that you're saying you missed the hugs. Can you speak yeah. a little bit? Do you mind sharing about yeah. it?
1: No. I mean it's I mean it, it, it is um there is a lot of misconceptions and I mean it is something that my family had to pretty much habituate me to and and it started with more and more people. I mean, I am not a huge fan still of light touch, but I, but so I like deep hugs and deep physical contact, just because it's somewhat calming and stuff. And then I mean, yeah, I mean it's it is autism. It is a spectrum disorder, so everyone is different, it's like a different puzzle piece. And I mean, I'm glad I'm been able to become a advocate and use my voice and who knows maybe become a motivational speaker with my story that needs to be told because it's like I mean we only have like one in the world and that's Dr. Temple Grandin but I and mean, she's going up there in years and when she passes away the whole world is going to be lost and the autism community is going to be lost so it's like who's going to be the next protege <laughs> To take her place, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it would take, take a lot. I mean, I'm not Temple and I are totally different people on the spectrum. But it's like, well, she told her story and motivated people and inspired people. It's like, well, that's something I could easily do too. So,
0: uh, I I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> Everything about you is motivating and inspirational to me as your friend. Um, yeah. And and I get what you're saying, right? People, when we don't see ourselves in leadership roles, we don't see ourselves successful, whether that's individuals of color, individuals with different disabilities, whether that's women or different gender stereotypes, it becomes hard to envision yourself being successful. If Mm -hmm. you've never seen anybody that you feel in some way represents you be successful. And for me, Carter, some of the most important parts that um, you know, of our friendship is, 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 It's so deep. It's so hard to put that into words. But it's really the the willingness, I think, of you to share your perspective and to share your interest. And I also appreciate that, of course, you emphasize it's a spectrum and you're one voice. But you're such you have such a strong and powerful voice. And do you mind reminding for anyone who didn't hear the first show, sharing like your journey of speaking, like just how impressive? Um,
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, it was it's it is um, a journey for sure. I mean. I mean, yeah, it was your typical cute two year old two year old child learning how to speak and stuff like that. It was trying to catch on words and say words, but my favorite word was yellow, which is a really hard word for a two year old to say, but I loved it it's my favorite color, it's and it's a was my favorite word. And um and with my mom who's an the occupational therapist and stuff. So she, her biggest fear, she will flat out tell you, was that one of her children getting diagnosed with autism. And so my my father, who's a flight attendant, was only home like 15 days of every month. So he wasn't around that much. Just trying to provide for my my mom and older brother and now me. I mean, I just um, and so one one day. My, when my father gets home and he's looking around and talking to my mom and my brother and stuff. And I'm just, you can't tell something's a little different with me. And he's like, when was the last time Carter said yellow? And my mom is like, well, come to think of it, he hasn't said anything in like a couple of days. And which was a light bulb in her head. And then they took me to a testing center in Denver and did a whole bunch of tests and then, um, they, and yeah, I'd fallen behind the curtain of autism because I was in my own little world. I was doing things that I was getting extremely sensory sensitive and just the fact, I mean, just like, even like, yeah, physical contact from family, I would try to break away from it and run away from it because I wasn't hugging or, and I was just. I wanted to be a feral Aboriginal child outside, and wanted to be away from the human world because the human world was extremely stressful. Living even in my own house, my own house was became foreign to me because I couldn't say anything and was afraid of every noise, loud noise, and didn't like wearing clothes. So, yeah, I was like Mowgli or Tarzan. So, I and then my parent, my family gets the news that. My mom have autism, and my father's like, no, um, who's going to pay for that? And they say, you are. And my father's like, we don't make enough money for intensive seven-day-a-week therapies. And with my mom being an the occupational therapist, she could only provide the resources for people to help treat me. She couldn't treat her own child because of like conflict of interest or whatever that is. Which is interesting, but, and so we, my family went put up bulletin boards and went to the local churches asking for help. And through the woodwork, all these volunteers, high school seniors, um, elderly people, <laughs> random people in the community of the North Fork Valley, Peonia especially, came out of the woodwork to volunteer their time to do these CAT, these occupational therapy tasks that my mom laid out for me to do, like doing writing and reading and even social interaction and uh, using, um, trying to get me to speak more and use my language, use, use my voice more and um, trying to do things to slowly bring me out of the curtain. And now, 26 later, years later, I'm who I am today, and all thanks to being born in the right family and also coming from a community that made me who I am, that I'm glad I'm back here, and also that my girlfriend found love. Being out here, too, is a wonderful thing, so yeah, I mean, there's a whole bunch of people we can thank for my upbringing, but the one who worked the hardest and still works the hardest is me on a daily basis, so
0: (laughs) I love that you recognize that. Of course, the person who works the hardest has been you all along. I also really appreciate, Carter, how you talked about the family and the importance of your family and advocating and supporting you and Mm -hmm. also the community. And I feel like no matter what decade we're in, almost no matter what problem or challenge we're facing, it it really can um, be made a lot better with a supportive family unit or community support Mm -hmm. or both.
1: Right. And yeah, and you can just, and I can't emphasize enough that you can. I mean, of course you, with you just have to be selective with which people you want to spend with your child, of course. But I mean, it's with any parents or family or whatever. But I mean, some of these people had kids of their own, and some of these high school seniors wanted to become um, occupational therapists or work with children's special needs and stuff. So I was their experimental guinea pigs <laughs> to be uh, placed upon them. And yeah, it wasn't easy all the time. I had my meltdowns and I wanted to strip naked and go play in the irrigation ditches, cover myself in mud and play with my plastic animal figurines. I didn't want to do bright words and learn to speak or be domesticated, so to speak. I mean, I, I even luckily with my older brother Coban, he's been the sunshine in my life and that's his nickname I've always given him, my sunshine. And he when I was learning to speak, I would speak backwards and so he would understand what I was saying because I would just say the last word I heard the last letter I heard. So like the what what like the word what was twa, so I don't know how that works, but he was able to understand me and he was he came and still is my biggest advocate, so having a <laughs> big brother like that.
0: Uh, I've had the good fortune of meeting your, your sunshine. <laughs>
1: yep, I know, right? He's pretty special, isn't
0: he? <laughs> you have a pretty incredible family. I, I, I have a question for you um, about yeah. the therapy and the services that you received because, um, I, you know, I'm very concerned about some uh, individuals in the autistic community who say it's traumatizing, or that you know, hey, I'd rather be out rolling around in the mud. And I know you can only speak from your own experiences, yeah. but but do you look back on that time as traumatic or fond or both?
1: Well, well, I mean, I mean, it's interesting you bring that point up because my mom had this 16-year-old girl saying that she was abused in therapy, and she and her mom let her decide that she's not going to therapy anymore and stuff like that a 16 year old it's like seriously but and she's saying oh I don't have autism and why don't you just like me who I am and, uh, and all that stuff it's like part of me is like one you're probably being extremely over dramatic and it's like well If you don't want the services to help you succeed in life, then good luck. I mean, it's like it's a pretty big, complicated world, and therapy is certainly one of the greatest ways to help you become successful, and still is with not just with autism, but with mental things and other challenges in life. I was just ran into one of my mom, one of my mom's friends who worked with me, and Paula Harper. She just um, how she made made me things wasn't nice or appropriate, but it's like I was able to do it. I mean, she, when I was trying to not do what she wanted me to do, I would she would have me sit on her lap and she would cross her legs and cross her arms on her until I would calm down and then I was able to do the task. So, I mean, it's like, well, sometimes you do have to be good cop, dad cop. But it's like if I wouldn't, if I didn't have those sessions, I wouldn't been able to be like, oh, I'm supposed to write and spell words. <laughs> even without a reward of Skittles. So, yeah, it's like, I don't know. I mean, it's like I think some, pe- some people on the spectrum might be a slight over dramatic. And it's like, well, wh- what's the alternative? <laughs> Would you like to, be, to try to navigate this world all by yourself and not have the help? I know it's really hard and still is hard, but better to do things that will make you... <laughs> be able to live in human society. I mean, unfortunately, there's no elite society of just people on the spectrum living together, which I don't know if I would be able to stand or live with full time anyways, because I've met other people on the spectrum and sometimes they can be very nice. Sometimes they can be real jerks. So it's like, well, just like with anybody. So it's like, well, I mean,
0: you either do your
1: work and have the resources and tools to, be able to do this, or you can just try to navigate and on um, the world on your own and probably not do so well in life well, I mean that's just my take. You have to work hard to become a human so and even a human with autism is a hundred times harder than what most people realize because people don't get to feel or see or witness what it the internal struggle that you get on a daily basis So, even with its high functioning so.
0: Thank you for sharing. I really appreciate that. You know, I know you're sharing your own perspective, but I I realize, you know, we haven't had that conversation. And since we are sharing no. about therapy, I mean, I will say, of course, you want to make sure you have the right therapist. You want. I also will acknowledge that therapy. I hope has at least in my practice has improved over the years as we learn more. Mm-hmm. We, you know, as we as we know more, we do better. Yeah. There's a lot of variables <laughs> for sure, but. In general, it sounds like you're, you're grateful for the skills that you are able to acquire because of what right. you're not doing in your life. Yeah, and
1: um, yeah, and then I did have one primarily spe- primary speech therapist, Judy Sammons, who worked with me from when I was two until I was, like, in middle school, so, and we we're still really close. I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, I had my meltdowns. I got mad. I got sad. I didn't want to, sometimes I didn't want anything to do with her, but she was very calm and patient and common assertive and she's become one of my greatest if there was like a modern day the per, like a mo- person that I know who's like the Dalai Lama or Yoda, it would be Judy Sammons <laughs> Or Rafiki. <laughs> so yeah. I mean yeah, I mean she didn't hit me on the head with a stick like Rafiki does with Simba, but she generally got her point across and it would be like I mean yeah, the past can hurt, but you can either run from it or you can learn from it, so
0: so And you can <laughs> only run
1: from it for so long.
0: <laughs> I love how you're uh, embedding lines and quotes into our conversation. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, no. I
1: love – I mean, Disney is who I, who I became too. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like without Disney movies to connect the dots of human interaction with Disney movies, I wouldn't be the person who I am today either. So you can take Disney and animated movies.
0: That's so interesting, and it's not – um, it's, it's somewhat common, uh, or we're, we hear of patterns that movies and and Disney movies in particular. Do you mind like elaborating or or sharing? Oh yeah,
1: I mean it's just, I mean it's with me, it takes me back and still does takes me back to a more. I mean, with autism, it's certainly not, but it takes me back to a place where I was the world was simple. I mean, now I'm an adult, I have to start trying to find work and bills and all the other stressors in life but with being a child, all you have is your imagination and the magic of those movies and all the characters you become close to and um, I see them as my, every time I watch those movies, it's like we've seen old friends and it's like, I want to go in that world and not live in this world and it's that watching those movies is like for the 45 minutes or whatever. It's like I want to go into like um, the world of the Lion, world of Lion King or the world of um, um, Disney's Robin Hood or the jungle book, or it's just like it is. I mean, there's some good and bad in those movies too, but they're all very important lessons that you take on later in life. And it's like, wow, I didn't realize that. I mean, why Tembo ran away was, and then you're like, well, he was trying to run away from his problems instead of becoming the true king he's destined to be, so you can either run away from your problems or you can learn from them and become the person you are and you can you there's only so much in the even though with a big planet of planet Earth, you can run from and you really just have to face your struggles and challenges head on or your crazy uncle, so,
0: <laughs> that murdered your father, so. <laughs> uh, going back to Disney, a little morbid sometimes. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. but,
1: it, yeah, I mean, but I wasn't traumatized by those movies, so, because, I, I mean, I was like, oh, <laughs> I mean, no. Yeah. I mean, it was just, like, a traumatic experience when Mufasa died, and, just, it, it is now for me, right now, it is for me now, because it's like, dang, that is dark, <laughs> I mean, it's like, of course, with every Disney movie, some parent at least dies. So it's like, well, I guess, yeah. I mean, love your parents, I guess. So <laughs> you never know.
0: <laughs> well, that's a nice silver lining to take from some of the morbid parts of the movie. Um, yeah. I also wanted to talk to you today about, your. you, you just graduated. Congrats again. Your degree. Oh, I didn't you. realize that you had two minors as well, but it's no surprise to me that you're, um, studying animals, animal husbandry uh-huh. and sex. Can uh-huh. I know you said earlier like you would rather be outside, drift down, rolling in the mud, hanging out with the animals. Yeah. And I know that it's still such a huge part of your life. Can you talk about your connection?
1: Yeah. Well, my connection with the animal kingdom has always been ever since I was little. I mean there was, they pretty much I mean, they of course have their different, um, behaviors and they're, they mostly communicate through energy and body language and just most, I mean, some do make noise to communicate. Of course, there's that. It's the last resort, sort <laughs> sometimes or however, but I mean, just similar to people on the spectrum, which when they're trying to learn to speak or anything. So, but I, my first friends growing up were actually the black widow spiders that lived in the old barns and sheds of the barns of the property, and I would bring home, like, jars of these what people call deadly spiders, but they never bit me I, or anything. So I I now give black widows a respected distance and try to save them when I can. And then with other animals, I mean, I've had lots of animals growing up, cats, dogs, guinea pig, lizard. <laughs> rabbits, now I have a pet yak. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like I, yeah, I mean, and being around animals, I mean, I mean because we are animals, humans are, and a lot of people want to, don't want to admit that, but we are. I mean, we are part of the animal kingdom, and that's the thing. I mean, and being around in nature and animals, both domestic and wild, certainly gives me a calming presence because I know what it feels like not having a voice and trying to understand the complexity of the human world. <laughs> and it is not always so pretty what humans do to people with just um, special needs or even with animals without a voice. So it's like, I you know when they're suffering or in pain or when they're happy and joyful and become a better animal care person now. I mean, then... Oh. over the years growing up and stuff, I mean, I now have two ferrets that my girlfriend and I got, and they're like, they spend so much time taking care of them, and I mean, and she does too, but I mean, even take, the simple act of taking care of animals is calming and soothing because I'm taking care of a being that doesn't have a voice and can make them happy before my own happiness. I, every time I wake up, I... Feed the stray cats on the porch and feed the hummingbirds before I have breakfast myself, so it's like I just like caring for um animals because they don't hurt you. I mean they do hurt you, I mean they do it out of instinct but not emotion, but when humans hurt you, they do it out of emotion and not instinct, and emotion hurts, <laughs> but when an animal bites or scratches or does something towards you? It's like, well, what did you, what were you doing to the animal that caused that? Or it's like, animals just walk immediately, forget about it and walk away, or they don't hold grudges or anything. So they live in the moment. Well, so humans are just more, the more complicated animal to um, work around with, and that's why I'm glad my girlfriend Tiffany is becoming a nurse. I don't think I could ever become a nurse because humans can be. Pretty hurtful and mean, <laughs> and pretty and are can judge and tell you do this, do that, and if you try to do something, they're not satisfied with. So, yeah, but being with animals brings part of that animalness in me back. And I mean, yeah, I mean, there's times that with all the news that's happening and what's happening in the natural world and the human world, it seems to be getting worse before it gets better. But it's like I mean, if I didn't have Tiffany and didn't have my loving family and all the people that love me so much, it, I mean, I could, would be just satisfied to be living in the jungle or <laughs> somewhere with animals or even at Arca with penguins. But just being away and not turning my back on men, but I know that I am human. I have to live with humans either... You can live with humans or you can't live without them. So, I mean, I have lots of humans that I can't live, with, live without now. So it's like, well, I can't turn my back on man, even though I sometimes wish I could just not go back, but I can't. So it's like, well, I guess I can just make the world a better place.
0: <laughs> what a great idea, make the world a better place. And what a nice, um, again, silver lining, Carter, <laughs> right? Yep. The world is so, yeah. cool. it does seem like it's getting worse. Um, and it's got to be a scary time. I mean, I know Tiffany's also, you know, completing school and 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 just passed her test to become a nurse, and it's a scary time all the time. But during yeah. COVID as well, I mean, yeah, uh, I know. right?
1: Yeah, I know. And I mean, I have have a greater appreciation for nurses now than ever before. And they're like the superheroes that don't wear capes in society <laughs> that we really take for granted. So, and they do do so much for our um, society. I mean,
0: <laughs> What about your degree?
1: My degree, so my degree is based on environmental studies, so like the study of the environment, <laughs> and then my two minors, the animal behavior, ecology, and conservation. I uh, have the degree and then the anthropology, which is the study of humans and animals. So with that, we were just learning about the um interconnectedness of um behavior, ecology and conservation. So with wild domestic captive animals and under or without human care, which was a really great program. It's the only program in the country that focuses on that. That's why it went all the way from a small town of Peonia to the big city of Buffalo. I mean, yeah, it's a it was a really great it's a really great program and the reason why, I mean, and yeah, I took some really great classes, and um, I am really close with some with the professors now, and I was do- actually was doing a research project with one of my professors, Dr. Joshua Russell, and that, and I was going to present that at a school pre- show, student showcase, but that didn't happen because of COVID, so that's, research study is somewhat waiting to be completed so i'm just waiting we're just waiting to try to figure out how to finish it because we were so close to finishing it and then covid happened and that's another reason why i was so um it was hard for me because i worked so hard to work on this project for work study and stuff like that and then it's like we just pretty much have the um idea of what the study is, but we don't have, we can't find our, we are not able to transcribe all the data we collected and everything, so. So
0: We don't know when we're going to get back to doing all the things that we had uh, that's waiting for us, but I do definitely, um, I look forward, I look forward to what you're going to be doing as far as research and contributions and just in your daily life, you know.
1: Oh, yeah, thank you, yeah.
0: Are you planning, do you mind, you know, staying in, uh, you're going to stay in the Colorado area. Um, what are you going to do? What What does your future look like? Or what do you think is next?
1: I mean, right now, I mean, I'm just working various sustainable farming jobs and there's jobs here and there. Not really have a career yet. And But, I mean, it's like maybe it would be a, Good idea, just to go back to school because I love to learn and get a master's in something that involves like human-animal connection because I'm interested in that. Trying to make that bridge closer instead of farther apart.
0: <laughs> and,
1: um, <laughs> we, we, and so that's what I've been trying to think, and it's like, yeah, I mean, it's like I. Maybe I should take a gap year before going back to school and then and we'll I mean I'm pretty open to anything for the most part, but I've been leaning towards maybe going back to school as the um being one of the options, top
0: of the list. So so well, that's, yeah, that's awesome. And I am by no means yep. trying to rush you on to the next chapter. Congratulations. Yep. Sit in it, enjoy it. And also, we're just trying to, like you said, reconnect with family and friends um, as appropriate, make sure that we stay safe and try to keep everybody safe. I'm just excited for you. So I'm like, oh, what's next? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Carter, thank you for joining today. I wanted to, um, before we end, ask if there's any message um, or any resources or anything that you want to say to any of the listeners. Go for it. Okay.
1: Well, um, I guess... um, the message that generally got me through going through Canisius College of uh, through, here we go again, a Disney movie. Well, yeah, I think it's Disney. I have to double <laughs> check. But, um, it's an animated movie. It's Zootopia with Judy Hopps trying to do Try Everything, listen to that song and try everything. And by Shakira, I mean, it's a very inspiring song. And, yeah, it's the movie that pretty much inspired me to go to Canisius and and live in Buffalo. And, I mean, yeah, now it's like I am. You have days and moments, especially right now, that I do miss living in my second home of Buffalo and all the friends that I made and how I grew, became the man I am today even more so, older, wiser, stronger in a lot of ways, and, yeah, I mean, my first semester was a huge struggle with my mental health challenges and finding a counselor and getting myself on antidepressant and anti-anxiety meds and just trying to be, and then once that, and then with my father who stayed with me for, like, six months before I was like, okay, I'm good, you can go back home. (laughs) And so, yeah, and and having the love and support with the Matthew's family in Buffalo and just all the, I mean, all the people that I met. And yeah, I mean, now Buffalo will always be my second home and a you know, reason to visit and go to a school that I became the person I am. And I'm really hoping that it will happen and um, the ceremony will happen on October 10th. It's been, so fingers crossed. So it's yes. I'd love to see and be on the campus again and just be like, wow, I can't believe (laughs) I did this and did this in four years. It's been a lot longer than that. So, yeah, just try everything. And I mean, everyone's fighting the battle. Be kind, um, be present, um, go out in nature, love your animals, (laughs) love one another. (laughs) Um, Yeah, just, yeah, I mean, yeah, just do things that make yourself happy and I mean like even coloring a coloring book or watch a Disney movie. That is the solution for me all the time is watching animated movies. So, and then um, as for other things, there's one thing that I've become really, I I should be, should submit my writings on this community. (laughs) Maybe I need a little push from everybody else, a loving push to be like, yeah, you should do that because you write so well now and still like that, but it's called the uh, Mighty. It's a um like a online website that helps with people with like various disabilities and there's officially a website dedicated with people on the autism spectrum that people share their questions or thoughts and um concerns or to a community where people can feel a part of. So even even from afar, we are close, even in that sense. So that's been a really great tool just to read what other people say and like, oh, no wonder I feel like this. Or, yeah, that's, or I, yeah, I don't feel like that, but I, I'm sorry that you feel like that with um, therapy or whatever. But, yeah, it's a really great resource, and it, there's even an app for it. So,
0: um, What was it called again?
1: It's called The Mighty. All
0: right. Thank you. And
1: so, yeah, if you search The Mighty Autism, it should come up.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I'll connect it as a resource when we share the yep. podcast and release it out there, for sure.
1: Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Carter, again. It's like our yeah, time thank you,
1: Amanda. don't <laughs> mind talking, so it's just hard to believe when I didn't even want to talk, so.
0: I know. <laughs> I think that's incredible. Of course, I yep. didn't know you then, but um, I, you know, having the experiences I have, it's, I don't always have the, the opportunity and individuals who are practicing in the world and the field, even just those, you know, high school students, like, it must be really rewarding when we have the opportunity to see former clients, former children successful, happy, yep. you know, grown mm-hmm. up. And, yep. um And to know that that's an option and a possibility, I think, continues to propel people forward and saying, let's do this together as a community,
1: whatever it
0: is that we're trying to tackle. All right. Well, I'll share the links and information and resources that Carter had. And if you're interested in checking those out, you can find them at www.behaviorbabe.com.